Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me on Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast presented by Sloan. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Dempster. And today I'll be joined by two of the most versatile players I had the good fortune to play with. Seven-time All-Star and member of the Texas Rangers Hall of Fame, Michael Young stops by. Plus, a Cubs fan favorite who played more than 800 innings at five different positions during his 13-year career, my pal Mark DeRosa. Plus, we're going to tell some stories, talk some baseball, some music, a little bit more. So let's do this. What's going on, Dampy Slick? What's up, buddy? What up, Dean? Good to see you guys, man. God, you guys look good in a pandemic right now. Oh, yeah. Holding it together. Dude, that's a sick jersey you got hanging behind you there, D-Row. Dempy, I, I didn't collect many in my in my career, I got to be honest. But this one, Slick right here, signed me this when I left in 06. He said, D-Row, to a great teammate and a better friend, you rake. He could have left the you rake off and just played with a great teammate, great friend. He yeah. raked. Raked. After that, I was sad to see him go did, three, year, three years. With the Cubbies, national away from us. Hey, quick tidbit. Dempy, quick tidbit. When I came to the Cubbies, similar colors to the Texas Rangers. Back in the day, you couldn't get custom cleats like these kids. I could go and build anything I want today. I used to have him ship me like two or three pairs of customs, and I pawned them off as like my Cubby custom cleats. Oh, they were clean. I remember really? watching. See, I'm just remember, finding out about this. Oh, they were clean. I remember uh, the Nike sent me these brand new like shocks, and they came out like wow. in the middle of September. And I remember the Cubs were in the postseason. We weren't, so I was in Hawaii watching D. He gets up there. I think he hit a big homer right in the first round of the playoffs, wearing these clean custom cleats. I was super <laughs> proud, super proud. Yeah, he looked good. Definitely. Dempy, Prince Fielder, I'll never forget it. I get on first base in 07, he looks down, he's like, bro, you ain't going that good to get custom. I'm like, I'm like, Prince, they're not mine. I cut the tongue off. They're Michael Young's down in Texas. You know the guy winning batting titles? It's awesome. Oh my God, that's, that's good. Great. Dude, d speaking of Mikey Young in Texas, dude, um, and we're going to put him on the spot a little bit here, but like you play with it, batting title, 221 hits in 2005, I think it was, you won the batting title. I mean, what was that like to just watch a teammate? It's like you get two hits a day at that rate. It's crazy. I, I, I always said that watching Mikey hit, he always had knock to right in his back pocket. So he knew when he wasn't feeling good, he could throw two over the second baseman's head and get out of there, two for three, two for four with a walk. But the thing that blew me away about Michael Young, and I could sing his praises all day, when he stepped on that field, and people say they believe this, but they truly don't. When he stepped on that field, he thought he was the best player. Almost like a silent arrogance to the way he played. He really, truly believed that no one was better on the field. And it was something I tried to take with me as I went on. I remember in 05, that the year that Dee was talking about, um, I got off to just a terrible start to the season. And kind of momentum going right around June. And then for the last four months, I, I really felt like I was in a bit of a groove. But um, my approach-wise, I felt, I felt really good. I felt like 
with the first couple strikes, I felt like those were mine in account, and I was going to try and like drive balls in the gap, or if I got something up in the zone, I was going to try and do some damage. But um, ego went out the door when I had two strikes, and I was just really trying anything that went to the to the left of shortstop with two strikes was a complete accident. I was really trying just to, um, at that point, kind of make my bones and get out of there. And, and if I had something that I can knock out into right and just get myself to first base, I was going to do it. Dude, and you had so many hits too. Like I was thinking about you, two, uh, all, just under 2,400 hits, 2,375 hits. Dude, when you like think about that and then you like, does it have even more of an appreciation for the guys who got to 3,000? Like that's so it, insane. It's man. crazy. It's crazy. I think um, I, I have a, a ton of of respect and admiration for the guys that get to the big leagues at this early age. You, you know, usually I remember when I was kind of at the end of my career and kind of these these questions are asked, and um, I look at the guys who have three thousand and and well past three thousand hits, and they were in the big leagues getting hits when they were eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. When I was nineteen, I was trying to start in my college team when I was a sophomore. Like, and to think that guys were like impactful figures, like. I played with Adrian Beltre, who's a you know a knockout Hall of Famer, and he was starting for the LA Dodgers when he was 19 years old. Again, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I was a sophomore in college at UC Santa Barbara, just trying to start, and this guy was already making big impacts on big league teams. I mean, they get to the big leagues early and they stay late. And then sometimes, like you know, like D Rowe is an unbelievable player, and he could play all over the diamond, and he was he was great. But you know, as you know and I know, playing with him, like. The numbers that don't show up in like a you know a, a scorecard, what he means to a locker room and like how incredible of a teammate he was. Yeah, you know what I think because Dero is now known as such a good dude, um, everyone who played with him is kind of talks about what an impact he has on clubhouses. I think it's lost a lot of times on how good Dero really was. I mean, when I played with him in 2005, I mean he was not believe it. Braves, he was bouncing around over the infield. And all of a sudden he comes to the American League where they have a DH and he's not able to kind of get in the action as much as possible. And he is in the cage every day. And you see these things happening. He's out there for early hitting every day. And all of a sudden the next year rolls around 2006 and the, the Rangers give him an opportunity to play. And D-Row just goes nuts. And you just see, again, it's not just the A-plus clubhouse guy, which is really, really obvious when, when people listen to D, but he was just a really, really good player. And all of a sudden he goes to a really uh, a good Cubs team that's always in the playoffs and he's Again, right in the middle of the action and just speaks to how good a player really was. I was never jealous of any teammate that I ever played with. I didn't want to be Chipper Jones. On the field, I did. But in real life, I was comfortable in my own skin and I wanted every guy on my team to get that big hit, to make that big pitch. Because I, I, I didn't, I liked who I was. So, so I truly, truly cared about how am I going to create an environment where we could all speak brutal truth and then go get a seafood tower after we get a W. That was, that was kind of my thinking in, in the whole thing. It was kind of like, hey, this is a, a huddle, but instead of 11 guys being in the huddle, there's 25 guys in the huddle, and it's interchangeable. But that was my big thing. It was kind of clicked on me. I'm like, man, jealousy is, is kind of the root of all evil when you want to like trade places with somebody, but I, ne I never really felt that. I wanted moments not the whole thing. Well, and I, and I always remember, like, this is so funny. Like, you know, he comes over, he signs with the team, gets a good contract. Now he's our second baseman for at least opening day. Um, dude, remember, <laughs> he starts opening day 
And he's like, sign this free agent contract. He's a second baseman. Day two, Lou's like, nah, I'm not putting him in there. Dero, straight to the principal's office. I got to fix this. <laughs> funny, funny story about that. When I saw the lineup go up, Mikey, you'll love this. I went out in the, in the dugout. There was no one in the stadium. I called my dad. I said, Dad, this guy's testing me day two. Yeah. He goes, go get him. Go get him. And I went in his office. I went in his I'm office. Sure took that really well. <laughs> <laughs> he was in his underwear doing a crossword. And all he did, Dad, you remember this, he turned around and looked at me, and he was like, what do you want? I said, am I your second baseman? And he goes, yeah. I said, all right, then I want to be treated. I waited my whole life to play every day. Like, I just went two for four off Aaron Harangatan in game one. I want Bronson Arroyo game two. I've been waiting my whole life for this. And he came out, and he ripped the lineup card down. He's like, hey, guys, I got to change the lineup. De- DeRosa wants to play. Oh, I was, like, not- most nervous. He, lo- he loved that, though. Yeah. He loved when guys stood up to him and, and let him know it because then he knew he could trust you. And I think that was a big thing. He wanted he wanted to see I think he wanted to see where you had, how you'd react. And you you stood up for yourself and then you played every day and then you raked. And I love it. Uh, Mikey, dude, you make the Texas Rangers Hall of Fame. That's so incredible. Um, and then, like, talk about, like, a jersey retirement, because, like, that's the last time you were the last person to ever put on 10. Like, that's it. It's yours, man. Like. That's like um, that's an amazing, just what a cool honor that is. Thanks, Demp. It was it was a really cool night. The Rangers kind of uh, kind of surprised me with that one a little bit. Um, last year, we I was uh, still working with the organization, and I was with our amateur scouting director, and we were going to uh, talk to an amateur player, and they we were at a restaurant, and they kind of sprung the news on me. Um, I was excited, you know. I think that. You know, when you get a number retired, it kind of speaks to kind of a, a relationship the player has with his organization and with the fan base. And my family all came in town from California and uh, just really had an incredible weekend. Dero, were you surprised when they retired it or were you like, saw it coming? Funny, funny story. I was supposed to speak at it. Yeah. Now, there's my dog right there. She agrees as well. And, and I was on the plane. What happened? Did you have a my- vet trip? <laughs> no, I was on the plane with Mikey's agent. Our flight got canceled, and all the flights were sold out. Down there, Texas, they would say, hit or get left behind. And and that was like kind of that slogan. And Mikey kind of hit him and Teixeira started that with Alfonso Soriano and Hank Blaylock. And, I mean, the list goes on. They were banging. A little bit away from baseball right here. So we're going to go AFC, NFC. And I know that uh, I know. Yeah, I know we got we got a cowboy fan and a Raider fan in the house. Okay, and I need to know who's closer to the Super Bowl, the Cowboys or the Raiders. Mikey will start with you. I'm wearing a Raiders shirt, but it's the Cowboys. Dallas has a lot of pretty impressive pieces already in place. So if it was a Dallas Raiders Super Bowl, whoa. I'd be front and center wherever they're at. If there is a Raiders and, and Cowboys Super Bowl. Off the mound is going to send Michael Young and Mark DeRosa two tickets each to the Super Bowl so you guys can watch it. So when that happens, our show um, will take care of that. You guys will have full access. We do those kind of things here. You know that? That's awesome. Just make sure you include a couple bucks for our bail money. (laughs) (laughs) D-Rose, Mikey, we know this. He's a big, huge Bon Jovi fan. 
da- daily. How, how many times a day do you think there was some sort of Bon Jovi reference when he was out there? It was all the time. Somewhere on loved, the bench in the locker room. I loved every last bit of it. Loved every bit of it. He would just be belting out Bon Jovi lines all the time. Loved it. Dempy, last year, Roger Center. You're a Canadian up in Toronto. You give love a bad name. Bon Jovi. All these young kids are playing their rap and their post Malone and the fans are digging it. They're digging it. But when when the old man would pinch it, it lit it up. They loved it. Yeah. I loved yeah, it too. I, I remember that 2013. I like come, I'm like, watch this, here it comes, here it comes. Shut through the hey, Hey, me and my brother. Me and my brother went to see him in Madison Square Garden last year, and like, again, I hope John Bon Jovi's not watching off the mound. (laughs) They might be getting a little long in the tooth to perform live. Hey. Hey, D-Row, that's why after the 2013 season, I looked myself in the mirror and said, I know it's time to hang it up right now. It's over. <laughs> Coming up after the break, fans often want to know what goes on inside of a major league dugout. Well, my teammates, Mark DeRosa and Michael Young, we're going to take you there with an inning at home. Hey, guys. Ryan Dempster here. It's so important that we wash our hands, now more than ever. I just wish there was some sort of way I didn't have to touch the soap dispenser, faucets, and dry my hands off on the towel. Somebody will think of that. What you're witnessing is revolutionary. It's more than just hands being washed. It's common sense being applied. No touch hand washing technology. Well done, Sloan. Brilliant. Well, we didn't have that in the dugout when I was playing, but you know what we did have? We had guys sitting around talking ball. That's right, cheering their teammates on. So Michael Young, Mark DeRosa, and myself, we're gonna do that very same thing. As we call this segment, an inning at home. Hope you enjoy. So we're gonna give you a scenario right now. The score is six to one. It's the top of the ninth inning. We're at home. We got our closer on hand if we need them. And we're just gonna have a little fun and show you guys what it would be like inside the dugout. So I'm going to kick it off. All right, here we go now. Come on, guys. Here we go. We got this. Hey, what are you guys doing? Uh, what are you guys doing for dinner later? What are you thinking? Hey, I want you to go up and hit a tater right now, okay? This guy's going to throw you a hanging slider. Got it? Yeah. He's going he's gonna to throw me a hanging slider right here? No, I was talking to Mikey. You're not going to play right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Hey, I'm going to run to the clubhouse. You guys need anything? No, no, no. You good? Yeah, we're good. Coffee or anything? You're good? No. All right. Actually, you know what? Too splendid, meat. Hey, D. D. Yeah. I freaking yeah. I hate Demp, dude. Distracts everyone, plays hard Every- once a week, and runs yeah. his and mouth. He's not, he, he's not going up there to get snacks. He's going up there to think about this post-career show he's going to do. He's probably going to annoy us all the time. He's going to do Harry Carey impressions. Yeah. You know, rip yeah. off with. Ah, ah. Like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, like all I wanted to do was like command his heater and stop hanging splits. Like do that first, so you can do something when you're when you're done playing. God. Is he coming back? I know back we're in the I know we're in the age of tip and pitches. I mean, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, D Rose. Hey, Dan, what's up, man? Go. Good to see Splenda. you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Two you, Splenda, right there. Take that. Yeah, you got it, man. Hey, Mikey. What's hey, up, man. Guy, I gotta tell hey. you, man, I love being your teammate. You're a great Thanks, guy. Guy, you know what? I'm so yeah. glad. You know, every time I see you, man, I get like really, really inspired by by you as a teammate, dude. You compete your ass off, dude. Thanks, I love man. playing. Hey, you know what? Yeah. Tonight, guys, because I love you guys both so much. Dinner, it's on me. You got it? I got this. I love it. I love it. That's right. Show dinner when we get in. It's on me. Guys, dinner's on deck. Jerry, hurry up. We got dinner. Clean it up. Let's go. I'm 100% getting a molten lava cake. That's a wrap for this edition of the pod. Be sure to visit MarqueeSportsNetwork.com or you can download the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast presented by Sloan wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember, you can watch our Off the Mound show every Friday on Marquee Sports Network. Until next time, I'm Ryan Dempster. Thanks for going off the mound and be safe. Have a good one.